Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host, Chris Steffen. I am the Vice President of Information Security Research at EMA. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Ken Buckler. Today, the Cybersecurity Awesomeness podcast is going to specifically talk about something that's been very topical in the news, and that is the latest Move It attack. Um, if you've turned on the news recently, you know that over Memorial Day and continuing really to this day, there have been dozens, if not hundreds of companies and government agencies that have been attacked and impacted by the Move It file transfer vulnerability and what does that really mean? And so the purpose of the podcast today is going to kind of just give an overview of what that is, talk about what it really means to those companies. But then I also wanted to kind of personalize it a little bit and talk about if you are the average Joe out there that is listening to our podcast, what it really kind of means to you. So uh, without further ado, Ken, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sir. So let's talk a little bit about what this attack is and how it's manifested itself and kind of go from there. All right. So I'm, I'm going to try not to get too technical on this. Um, so basically what the, the move it attack is, is uh, there was actually a series of multiple vulnerabilities uh, discovered against the move it uh, file transfer software. And what that is, that's a web-based file transfer application it's hosted on a web portal. An organization uh, uses it to transfer large files either within their own organization or to other, to or from other organizations. The vulnerability, um, which most recently uh, was being exploited, was being exploited in the wild before a patch was available. And the, the vulnerability allowed a remote attacker to perform a SQL injection attack against the MoveIt console, the, the actual server that was hosting all of the, the files, and gain unauthorized access to the contents of the MoveIt database. In other words, all of the files that were currently in the database that were had already been transferred or were waiting for transfer. So what that means is that any files that were currently on the MoveIt server were then vulnerable to unauthorized disclosure to whoever knew how to use that exploit. So then the number of entities that have disclosed as being exposed to this vulnerability has been quite large. Literally new ones are being discovered or being announced every single day. All the three-letter agencies that are out there that are part of the government to some of the biggest companies that you can think of, so on and so forth. This was not something that happened to the small mom and pop shop because they didn't take in and 
correctly patch their dilapidated system. This is something that happens to all of the biggest companies that you can think of and government agencies you can think of. And so talk to me a little bit about what the actual impacts are of this particular attack. Well, and to give you an idea of, of how many potential uh, victims of the attack there are, um, I actually went into Shodan and I pulled down information on servers that appeared to be running MoveIt and pulled down, you know, how many organizations were were affected. Um, and so the the actual list of affected organizations was over a thousand potentially affected. Um, the actual the the number of servers is between 534 servers to 13,000 servers. Um, that's all based on Shodan data, various queries that I did. So that means that if you did business with or were employed by one of the organizations that was affected, there is a chance that your personal information may be at risk if it was on the MoveIt server at the time that the attack occurred. For example, uh, the state of Louisiana their Department of Motor Vehicles apparently had a significant number of uh, records for licensed drivers in the state on the MoveIt server when the attack occurred. Uh, the number is actually in the millions. Uh, Oregon as well had 3.5 million driver's licenses uh, likely exposed. So if your state used that inf you know, used move it in any capacity, there's a good chance you, your information may have been exposed in the process. Yeah, and it's not our place to really call out everybody that was exposed. I mean, there's if you are interested in finding out whether a company that you do business with was part of this attack, I, I recommend taking in and doing a Google search. There is plenty of companies out there that will give you lists of who was attacked. I'm not even going to go so far as to really start taking and impounding on different government agencies. I, I saw the Louisiana Motor Vehicle one too, that it was particularly egregious. As far as really why this kind of attack could happen in this day and age, what I want to talk about specifically is how does the average person protect themselves from these kinds of attacks? We, You and I could take and talk at, at nauseum about how the enterprise should be taking to work and, and shore up their supply chain and protect themselves from these kind of attacks. But how can the individual protect themselves? Well, you know, and, and it's hard. It, it really is. You know, one of the big things is going to be, be careful of who you give your data to, you know, I mean, obviously you, if you're going to drive in that state, you have to give your, your data to that state. Yeah, and I was just about to say that, right? So, I mean, how are you supposed to take it and prevent the state of Louisiana from losing your data? I mean, this harkens back to the credit breach that happened a few years ago, right? It isn't like you necessarily had to take and do business with the credit bureau that got exposed. Your data was there. It was there without your consent, no matter what you wanted. There's not much you could do about it. It just is what it is. So what is the average user supposed to do? Well, I really ultimately just assume that at some point your data is going to be compromised. I, I don't I don't think that you can avoid it at this point. I think that at this point the best thing to do is is to keep a close 
uh, tabs on your credit information. Keep close tabs on your medical information. Medical identity theft is is a serious issue as well. And and keep you know keep close tabs on your personal information and try to you know make sure that you know hey check your credit score often. Check for unusual entries on your credit report. You can get uh, free copies of your credit report uh, once a year for each agency. So use that to, you know, you've got three different agencies. Get it, you know, one for the first third of the year, one for the second third, one for the final third of the year. Do that kind of stuff. And then that way you can take proactive steps to then challenge that information if someone did compromise your identity it is a pain in the rear i'll be the first to admit it i agree with all the steps that you just mentioned it is something you know having grown up and and done a lot of work for over a decade in the credit reporting industry finding out your credit information and making certain that your credit information is well situated and everything on there is something that you believe is should be on there is really important i think it's annualcreditreport.com is where you can go to i of course recommend that a lot of times you'll see that when there's a breach like this, for, let, let, again, let's pick on Louisiana since you mentioned them specifically. My guess is that Louisiana is going to come out with something that offers you free credit report monitoring for, I don't know, a year, two years, whatever the, the time's going to be since there was such a, a loss of data there. That's usually part of the repair, right? How, how they end up taking and they're, they're, they can't put the genie back in the bottle, obviously. So they have to figure out a way to help protect your information and take that credit repair and use it. Now, I will tell you that, ironically, most people, once they even have experienced a breach, do not sign up for the free credit monitoring. And I, I can't recommend enough. It usually takes about oh a minute and a half to sign up for it. You get alerts. You get some really good information there and take control over your data. Because obviously, whether you want to participate in some of these data security problems or not, you get to participate, be it on the health side, be it on the financial side. Even, again, as we're talking here, motor vehicle, public record kind of things, your data is being exposed. And there's really not very much you can do about it except being as proactive and reactive as possible when these kind of data breaches occur. And, and I personally have actually purchased uh, credit and identity monitoring and restoration. And I, I, you know, pay for that every month, absolutely knowing that, yeah, you know, at some point my data is getting compromised and there's nothing I can do about it except clean up after the fact. Yeah, it's not a matter of whether your data is going to be exposed. It will be exposed. Uh, there's there's absolutely no question. There used to be a site out there that if you put in your social security number, which was always kind of suspect to me anyway, but you put in your social security number and it, it would indicate where that social security number was found either on the dark web or as part of a breach or so on and so forth. So again, be proactive, understand that your data will be breached. I'm sorry for the pain there. And, and we're, Ken and I are going through the same pain that you are, but this is something that again, unfortunately is just part of our natural lives now and something that we need to deal with. Ken, any last words? Yeah. So one last thing I do want to say is that if you are a victim of identity theft due to this, there is uh, the, I believe it's identitytheft.gov that you can go to, and they actually have uh, free free resources on there. It's uh, the FTC is who puts it together. They have free resources that allow you to uh, notify the credit agencies as well as build a plan 
for what to do now that your identity's been compromised. I hope that nobody listening to this has to use that resource, but it can be a lifesaver if you do. Well, and again, as we discussed, you likely will be using that resource at some point because, again, it's, it's almost impossible to escape. That said, I um, appreciate the comments today, Ken. Great information as always. I hope that you found this podcast to be useful. Stay tuned. Next week, we will be right back here, same bat time, same bat channel, and talking about the latest security news of the day. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.